Hey everyone, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast for two best friends talk about all of our favorite TV shows and movies. Except for this week, we are talking about all of our favorite summer reads this episode, and boy, do we have some incredible books to talk to you guys about. Hello, Daria. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. I'm <laughs> looking at this photo of Chris Evans at the premiere of Lightyear, and I really love his suit, and I need you to show <laughs> What? Show me. Who cares if this is a podcast? Hold that picture up to the camera. Can you see? Can you see? Oh, wow. Mm, don't love the sunglasses, but... Okay, but I love the sunglasses. <laughs> They're just a little too John Lennon. Okay, well, that's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, it's he looks amazing. I don't, did you, I, I don't know who tweeted it, but someone tweeted, it might have been, who was it? I don't know. But someone was tweeted, had tweeted that they were saying, hands up, how many people are going to go take their kids to see Lightyear more than once just so they can listen to Chris Evans talking. If it wasn't Andy J. Christopher, I think I'll be it was really Andy. shocked. I really feel like it was Andy, but it, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I it was it made me laugh because I was like, I'm. I feel like this is the thing Andy would say. <laughs> Andy, if it was you, I apologize for not immediately attributing this quote to you. I mean, when in doubt, when in I doubt, know. right? It's got to be her. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh well. Dear listener, we are not reviewing Needle in a Time Stack uh, this week, as you may have guessed from the title of this episode. So it just hasn't, it hasn't worked for us thus far the last like month that we've been trying to watch this movie. And I don't know why it has, we we don't even know why we, if we wouldn't, we're just like, we're too busy, I think. That's the problem is that we've been so busy, things going on that we just like, keep getting distracted and so we are not watching that this week basically what we're going to be doing is doing a little recap a little you know what's to come um for our summer reading list yeah you know it's so funny because I think just a few weeks ago we were talking about how we've sort of gotten into a reading rut yeah and like so neither true. neither of us had read anything in a really long time and now mm-hmm. suddenly we have like just busted through <laughs> I feel like we've read a dozen books yeah it's been like I think in the last month we've read like five books four books five books at least yeah, yeah. at least together and I think we've both read others as well yeah I think in the last six weeks I've read 10 10 books which is insane I know do I work do I breathe do I eat I don't understand I know no, I know what I do. I sit down and start reading at like five o'clock in the afternoon as I'm like finishing up work. Yeah. And then I just stay up until two or three o'clock in the morning to finish. <laughs> yeah, there's also that. Um, I, one of the books that we're going to talk about, I ha- really, really, really wanted to like read it. And, but I've been so busy getting ready for the event that we just had with the bookstore on the weekend. 
And so I would like start it and it'd be like 1130 at night and then we'd start it and then I'd get like two pages in and then I'd fall asleep. And then I do the same thing the next night, the next night, the next night. And then yesterday after work or like after dinner or whatever, I finally like got like time to just like sit down and read it. And there were like 18 chapters in the room. <laughs> <laughs> like right. I couldn't even help myself. So it's crazy. Jenny, tell everyone about how exciting your weekend was. My weekend was wild. It was bonkers. It was amazing. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, um, my bookstore, Happily Ever After Books, was doing our first debut pop-up event at Word on the Street, which is a free book and magazine festival in Toronto. I think this is like the 30th or 31st year that it's been um, it's been happening in Toronto. And we got to be a part of it this year. And wow, uh, did we get such an amazing turnout from romance readers in Toronto and all over sort of in the Toronto area in Ontario because we had people coming from four hours away to come to this event to see us. Uh, we had, I think, we had we had 400 bookmarks that we brought to the event and we had no bookmarks left by like four o'clock on Sunday. And we didn't even, so we ran out of bookmarks. So we couldn't even give, we didn't, we had more people than there was bookmarks. So I would say we probably had at least 450 to 500 people come through the store, um, which was wild. Um, and even crazier is that we had over 250 transactions. So like we actually served 250 people, which was truly amazing. Uh, we have almost no books left. Uh, the rest of this week is going to be spent <laughs> restocking the store. So <laughs> all of my publishers are going to be very happy with me because we have a lot of orders to place. And the store, uh, the the event was amazing. We got to, I got to meet so many really fun people. A lot of bookstagrammers who have been really supportive of the store. I got to see some friends who I haven't seen before the pandemic. So that was amazing. It was a truly, truly, truly amazing event. And my sister, Emma, and um, my friend, Megan, were like amazing, amazing booksellers. They worked with me the whole weekend. Uh, Megan was like, I don't know what I would have done without her. She was just like... She was a bookseller extraordinaire this weekend. And I was like, Megan, are you sure that you want to do your actual job and you don't want to just work in the bookstore for me? Because <laughs> you are amazing. Uh, so, no, it went really, really well and super excited. And now we just want to have all the pop-ups all the time because we just want to talk to people about romance. So it was very fun. And like Dari said, it, we thought it would be the perfect segue into our whole episode about, you know, what we've read so far this summer and sort of some of the things that we're looking forward to uh, in the months that are coming up. I am so excited. I'm like, I, I'm just living vicariously <laughs> through you uh, because it just sounds like it was such an amazing experience and like. I know it, it was really, it was truly, honestly, such a great time and uh, and very grateful for everyone who came out and and supported our store because we're so new we're like we're, we're a month old yesterday so we have a long oh way to go God, I know old. 
I know we are like it was so funny because someone I met uh, <laughs> this weekend she was like oh my gosh you're so little I can still hold you and I was like I know <laughs> like it's like we really are just like such a baby when it in terms of being a retailer but um yeah it's uh it's been amazing so far yeah I gotta take a second to brag about you because you've been open for 30 days and you sold out almost your entire inventory. You sold out like hundreds of like so many books in just a one month period. I have I have an actual number, Daria. I figured it out last night. We sold 301 books in two days. Oh my God. I don't know how it's physically possible how I did so many orders uh, in two eight hour eight hour periods but yeah we sold 300 books and our our stock is daria can see behind me it's basically two tiny three foot shelves that's all that's left it's gone folks it is empty and i am that's it's just amazing yes so it was pretty awesome so i'm just looking forward to whatever's next more book selling yes Lots, more pop-ups yeah exactly me sneaking uh, my way across the canadian border <laughs> so i can come just, buy books from you in person i know <laughs> just gotta get that passport i know i know <laughs> oh god so yeah which which book do we want to start with should we i don't even know do we want to start with our favorite i was just gonna say i do want to start with the best one on our list yeah like we now that's not to say the rest like we didn't love but uh most of them but this this book in in particular i think a lot of people hold the same opinions that we do Mm -hmm. that emily henry's book lovers is (sighs) it is just so freaking good it to me is so fun because I mean and Emily Henry does a lot of things really well right like she writes ridiculous dialogue and she Mm -hmm. sets tension really well but I think what I love the most about it is that it takes an often (sighs) misrepresented trope in romance Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. makes her the lead of the story. And I think that's so fun. It is because, you know, it's kind of like, and that's one of the things, like, no no book genre is perfect. No. Um, but one of the things I really, really don't like about a lot of books is that a lot of romance books, when they use this trope, is the bitter, bitchy severe blonde ex-girlfriend yeah and I think uh you know what I love especially about this is that you can tell that Emily is not only a romance book fan she's a rom-com movie fan too Mm, you know like her lead character is named after Nora Ephron there are a lot of really fun allusions to when Harry met Sally and Mm-hmm. you've got mail and, and there's just so much heart yeah yes in so much of her storytelling that like 
I loved all the little Easter eggs, honestly, as I was like flipping through the book. Like I just thought it was so, so, so well done. Yeah, it was. It was very, very good. And like Nora was awesome Uh, as a oldest daughter. Yes. I truly, I really, really, really uh, appreciated that just being able to see some stuff reflected back that felt very real in terms of being the oldest um, and having younger siblings. And then, I I mean, I guess you're the same way, right? I am assuming because you are also the oldest. Yeah, two oldest daughters here with our collective (laughs) oldest daughter In case that wasn't obvious already. (laughs) (laughs) And then, oh my gosh, then we get to Charlie. Charlie Lastra. My favorite impeccably dressed grumpy man with his salt and pepper hair. Ugh. Very much Oscar Isaac. What? Like shades of Oscar Isaac. The moment you said that mm-hmm. to me, Jenny, I was like, that's mm-hmm. it. That's the only person in mm-hmm. my head. I know. So I couldn't tell Daria when she started because I read it. I think I read it first. Right? Yeah, you read it right and before then, me. Yeah, I read it first. And then I think like I finished it like maybe the day before you started. And I was like, okay, there is a post on Emily Henry's socials that people are saying what their fan casts are, but don't look at it until you read the book because (laughs) I don't want it to like, you know, kind of like spoil it for you. Because I find like sometimes like I've had that happen before where like if it's like a really popular book and people are like, oh, it's this person or, you know, sometimes if I don't like that person, then I have a really hard time getting into that book. Yeah. Dear listener, please note if that person is Chris Evans, that is never a problem. <laughs> <laughs> However, we will get into that later. Uh, yeah, the Chris Renaissance basically has taken over romance novels. We will definitely be talking about that in a little bit. This episode is not sponsored by Lightyear, but it should be. <laughs> So I digress. Uh, Charlie Lastra is a grumpy book editor who is very good at his job. Yes. Which I love a competent man. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And Nora is a extremely good at her job, has made a very like has made a name for herself Um, as a literary agent and they of course do not like each other (laughs) yeah it's I mean the work rivals kind of trope is such a good one but what I love the most about it is that in 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 some instances when you're work rivals you aren't really admitting how good the other person is at their job And Mm. from the moment Charlie and Nora meet each other, they're very, like, they're, Charlie immediately is like, you're very good at what you do. And, like, that's great. Like, they never tear each other down in terms of, like, how good they are at their jobs. They just make fun of each other in other ways, which I greatly enjoy. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I know. So I, it's so good. And it's like, You know, I think sometimes people, you know, when you think about certain, like, romance settings, you're like, oh, God, the small town, it's all, it's so overdone. 
But Emily does it in such a way that you're like, you love this small town. You love how kind of like worn down it is. It's not like a small town from a Hallmark movie. Yes. Yeah. So Book Lovers is about, obviously, Nora is an agent and Charlie is a book editor. And in the prologue, they have this conversation about editing a potential book from a really popular author. And that author wrote a book about this like very small town in North Carolina and it's become wicked famous and Nora's little sister Libby who's a huge character in the novels um is obsessed with this book and all she wants to do is spend a month in this small town with her sister and you expect it right like Jenny said you expect it to be this like beautiful quaint charming Santa Claus is secretly, you know, the Baker kind of Hallmark movie town. I'm, I'm imagining the town from that Hallmark movie we watched when we were in Syracuse. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, like, that. it's just so, like, quintessential Hallmark. Yeah, but yeah. it's not. And that makes it all the better. Like, there's definitely a couple of scenes where Nora's, like, walking down the street and she's like, when was the last time someone, like, came down this corner and, like, <laughs> right. look at this poor building that's, like, sh- you know. These windows haven't been washed in a decade. Yeah. The book mostly takes place in this small town, and I think it's South Carolina, right? Or is it North Carolina? I can't remember. Uh, it's right outside of Asheville, so it's got to be North Carolina, right? North Carolina. Okay, yeah. so it's it does take place um, sort of in North Carolina, but it's also a love letter to New York City in a lot of ways, I found. Like, yes, because that's where Nora and Libby are from. And it's it's sort of like formed this whole like Nora's personality is being a person from New York a little bit, but not in a bad way. Do you know what I mean? Like not. Yeah, it's just that's part of who she is. And I just thought Emily, Emily did such a great job. Yeah, I, I thought it was such an incredible sort of love letter to New York. And mm-hmm. it it's like the a big, you know, running thread in the novels is that Charlie grew up in this small town. This is his this is his hometown. And so uh, he has a lot of responsibility kind of, that he feels is keeping him there. But he too loves New York. And like, that's where he feels most himself and I think there's a really beautiful sort of theme there about like where you feel most at home and is it a place is it a person is it um a feeling and I think Mm -hmm. the book does a really gorgeous job of touching on all of those and sort of making them all valid uh because Libby does decide to leave New York and move to this town and Nora doesn't really get it at first but eventually it just sort of, you know, like everyone has their place. And for Libby mm-hmm. and her family, this is going to be that place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think it's just watching sort of the relationship between Nora and Charlie unfold. It, it's, of course, Emily does such a great job of just dropping these little bits 
just these little crumbs throughout the whole thing and it's just like bigger crumbs and bigger crumbs and then you're just like oh my god like it's Mm -hmm. just she just does such a great job to build that tension to build to like to let you see see how they see each other and like and you see how they're clearly despite the fact that they you know kind of continue to proclaim they don't like each other clearly they do and watching them tip from one side of the scale to the other is it's it's a really beautiful story to to read yeah it's one of those relationships where when they're together they're very smartly ripping each other to shreds but they don't want to be around anybody else (laughs) like they'd rather go out for dinner and make fun of each other for an hour and a half while eating pasta than you know be around someone else and so you you know very clearly that their chemistry and their banter is leading to Mm -hmm. some steamy office moments yeah which is were very steamy my gosh but just like imagine it's oscar Where's my spray bottle? Like, honestly. Um, so good. So, so good. It was it was really, really, really good. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Emily Henry fan. Every time I read her book, I feel like I'll never write anything as beautiful as this in my life. She, But she's in that respect. Like, that's the kind of, when you're a writer, that's the kind of author you want to read continuously because it's such a good challenge. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I highly recommend it. I thought it was really smart, really funny, and also just a huge love letter to romance in general. I mean, you can't write a book about people who work in publishing and not sort of have that like love and affection for the genre. So, I mean, to me, it was just I agree. one of my favorite reads of the like last few months. Yeah, I think so. I, I absolutely. Where do we want to go next? Should we dive into our... We've been having a little, I don't know that it was intentional. I, it definitely wasn't intentional, but no. we also just read like a bunch of books like that. Well, not like technically based on Chris Evans. They were sort of based on Chris Evans a little bit. Yeah, I am endlessly fascinated by the really quiet trends that you see in romance based on, you know, just what's going on in the world. Like for a brief period of time, whether it be cover design or character description, I think I read about five books that were based on Adam Driver. You know? Yeah. That was a lot. That was 2020. It just just kicks you right in the teeth, you know? A lot of Adam Driver. (laughs) And now I'm seeing a lot of publisher weekly announcements that we're getting pirate romance, which you know is because of the Taiko ITD show, you know, our flag means death. Like, yeah, it's so fascinating to me when you see these like waves of things coming. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, listen, Chris Evans is a handsome, charming, like, it's Chris Evans. He's one it's of Chris the better Evans. Chris's in the world. So sure, if I'm going to write a romance, mm-hmm. why would I not mm-hmm. want to maybe model my main character off of Captain America? I mean, for sure. 
you know, or like the weird creepy cop from that movie he was in, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, you know, listen, he looks good in the mustache. I, who knew? Don't make that face. Don't make that face. He was he he sold it a little bit. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> Jenny, I don't think I've ever seen Jenny side eye me so much in my cannot. entire life. There is only one one way I can endure that mustache, and I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast. So that might increase our spice level a smidge bit. Yeah, so. that's all I'm going to say about that mustache. <laughs> but we we read of the many that we've sort of read, the two that we yeah. kind of liked the most. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, we we really liked one of them. Yes, we really loved the concept of the other. Yes, that is a very gracious way of saying that. So let's start with our favorite one. (laughs) Yes. So we read Set on You by Amy Lee. She is a Canadian author, and this is her debut novel. It is Set on You is basically the, the premise is it's enemies to lovers sort of it's like they're kind of like gym enemies but also they have this sort of great like family dynamic yeah which is you don't really see so basically the book is about crystal who is crystal chen she is a curvy fitness influencer basically she's like body positive she's super into like she does a lot of of influencer stuff on instagram and she's you know she's just had recently just broken up with her boyfriend and so she's just like taking all of her energy and putting it into the gym where she finds like a lot of solace and <laughs> enter <laughs> Scott who is a firefighter but who also is just like the most annoying gym bro you've ever run into in your life I mean it's like no matter what machine you want to use no matter what part of the gym you want to be he is there he is taking up space and he doesn't give a fuck about like what no. you need to do or where you're going yeah, exactly. And he's just like super irritating and he just like happens to maybe look like Chris Evans. Uh, though she does kind of compare him more to Chris Hemsworth in one. I think it's like jokingly kind of. It is um, one of those, I think he's a tall, hot, white man. Yeah. And yeah. so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's some call outs to him looking like Captain America. There's yeah. some call outs to him just being a big, hot, beefy dude. So Chris Hemsworth is obviously a go to. Yeah, he definitely straddles the Chris line. However, the movie does. Or, sorry, the movie. The book does take place in Boston. Yes, it does. So take, take that as you will, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That's we took it a certain way. So it's quite funny because they sort of. Their their war at the gym kind of is really like getting more intense and more intense and more intense. And then they find out that actually, fun fact, their grandparents are getting married to each other. It's like, 
It's so I mean, great. it's just one of the only kind of plots that you would have in like a, a rom-com. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, it creates really delicious tension, a lot of forks, forced proximity and like Mm -hmm. it's also our first clue that maybe he's not as bad as she thinks he is because everyone loves him yeah everybody loves him including her grandmother (laughs) especially her grandmother who's like yes even though you will be my new grandson why don't you date my granddaughter yeah she really really wants them to like date each other which is i think so hilarious yeah it was i i it was a delightful book like i loved it i thought it was really fun i loved that the main character was a woman who was comfortable in her body who was not feeling any pressure to lose weight but i also loved the way that it sort of looked at social media and how potentially toxic it can be in that yeah you know when you're putting yourself out there you might try and force yourself to always be positive to always sort of talk about you know like oh it's no big deal if I get 47 trolls dming me like I'm you know cool whatever it definitely kind of it it lets you look at there is a toll there's a toll and that you don't always have to be perfectly optimistic and badass all the time you're allowed to you know feel things and they don't have Mm -hmm. to be good things either yeah exactly it's also very steamy which we both found delicious i mean listen if you buy this book and you i just need you to get to the bathtub scene that's it just so that's that's it you know (laughs) what i (laughs) I mean, listen, there are a lot of spice levels in the romance genre. There's open door, there's closed door, there's no door, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, there's no house. Some, there's no house. <laughs> <laughs> there's no room to go into. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're going to get one really steamy scene and it's going to be in the last 40 pages of the book. Sometimes you're going to open up uh, into the first chapter and there's going to be like some scandalous shit happening. You never really know. Yeah. I think this one did a really good job of giving us. It it had the perfect amount in the perfect spots. It was like not too much, not too little. It gave us like a couple of moments that were like, <gasps> you could feel the tension. And then it was like, oh God. And then she'd take it away. And then it was like, get a little bit better. I'm like, oh, take it away. Yeah. She did an amazing job. I just love this book so much. Yeah. And I think it felt realistic. When you're dating Absolutely. someone, when you're starting to fall for someone, there's going to be varying levels of intimacy. And I think... Uh, for sure. She killed it. She I killed know. me. And I was dead. I know. I know. All the stars for Amy Lee and Crystal and Scott. So. Trying to decide how to approach this other book. Okay, so here's the thing. (laughs) I found... Now, I know that you have known about this for a while, but probably what? It was like... Was it last week or the week? I think it was last week, right? I found out about this very specific interview. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that you had not known about it because it is iconic, Jenny. I know. It is iconic. 
I don't know. I don't know how I didn't know about it, but I found out about and read for the first time this very iconic interview from GQ about Chris Evans. And it is about how this reporter spends a weekend interviewing Chris Evans for GQ magazine. It let me tell you, I have long been a Chris Evans fan. So when this came out, and I mean, it's it's all it's like ten years old. I think I think it was two thousand eleven. I it was it was two thousand eleven. Yeah, changed uh, the game for big celebrity profiles. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. and their mothers was trying to recreate the chaos of this Edith Zimmerman piece, like everybody. And you'll see it. There's a Miles Teller profile, a Tom Hiddleston, a Channing Tatum. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think every editor-in-chief at every magazine was like, do it. Yeah. Sleep over at their house. Drink and party with them. Uh, Meet them, like introduce them to your moms. Like just anything that you could do to create some sort of like wild environment. That was the trend. Right. And yeah. Of course, Chris kicked it off, man. That's <laughs> that's our guy. You know, I know. Pioneer. So yeah, so I read this article and I was like, Daria, did you know there is a book written based on this, like using this idea? Um, it's a book and it's called Funny You Should Ask uh, by Alyssa Sussman. And so we decided, okay, we're going to read it. And I read it because I was like just coming off the high that you get from reading this GQ article. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. Like, guys, that's what it was. Um, So I was like coming off the high of reading this article. And I was like, I'm just going to read it. So I read the whole book in like 24 hours. Yeah, it's it. It is one of those reads. Like, I think I read it in like a day. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's, I mean, it was, I wanted to know what happened. Um, and so I really was just like, okay. So basically what it does is it, it's written in two parts. Uh, it's written during when this journalist is doing a article on Hollywood actor. And then it's written in the present, which is 10 years later. The, the idea for this book is great. Yes. I love the idea. I love that someone thought, what would it be like if we wrote fan fiction about Edith Zimmerman and Chris Evans and turned it into a book? I love that. I think it's hilarious. I think it has a lot of, like, people are going to want to read it. I definitely did. But I don't know. I didn't. I, I read it so fast that I was like, yeah, it was good. But then, like, the more, like, I thought about it and the more, like, I would go back and read parts of it, I was just like, mm, I don't know that I love this as much. I also skipped a lot of the book. <laughs> See, that's what I was going to mention. I It was a really ambitious approach to writing. Because yeah. not only do you have the flashbacks, you also have a bunch of the chapters intercut with articles blog posts gossip columns definitely trying to sort of paint a full picture with like the the hype around him the hype around her 
the sort of controversy of the original article. And I think that when you are attempting something like that, you want to make sure your voices are really distinct, right? It's like when you're writing multiple points of view, you mm-hmm. want them to feel different. Otherwise, what's the point of mm-hmm. approaching mm-hmm. multiple POVs? Mm-hmm. I think when you're writing articles and you're writing gossip gossip rags, when they all start to feel like the exact same tone, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I think we're missing the point here. And I And I also think, you know, it's a really specific talent to write a good editorial. That kind of journalism, when you're interviewing celebrities or, or other notable individuals mm-hmm, and you're trying mm-hmm. to make it compelling, that's a really mm-hmm. special fucking talent. I don't mm-hmm. have that talent. <laughs> like I, I don't, definitely I, don't have know, that talent. I have a lot of friends who are in media who write really fun, pithy, great articles and I give them all the power in the world because I can't do that. And I think I I don't know if if I don't know if it was there. I think when the entire book is about how incredible this one article is and it created this like, you know, relationship between these two individuals, when I'm actually getting to read it, I'm like, oh man, it's just I think, no joke, mm-hmm. if all of the articles and bits of media were cut from the book and it was just the interview 10 years ago and the interview present day, it would have been a much cleaner read. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I skipped a lot of those. I didn't care about them. I didn't want to read them. Like I just was like, Oh no, just get me, get me back to the story. That's really what it was. It wasn't. Yeah. I can't even say if they were bad or not. I mean, I trust your judgment on most things. So, <laughs> um, but I, I couldn't even say because I didn't read them. Cause I was just like, I don't really care. I just want to know what's happening then. I would have rather had a entire book about the weekend that the article was written about. Yeah. And have it be a happily ever after. And somehow that's like what I would, what I would have done. Like, I would rather have had take this idea and run with it and like change it and make it your own, obviously. And like, don't maybe stick so close to what happened in real life. And then I would change it and make it a happily ever after because it's a romance novel. And I don't know. I just feel like choices were made, but not choices I would have made. Yeah. But again, great premise idea (laughs) it's all good great totally yeah so funny you should ask was not our favorite so far yeah but listen it pings a certain nostalgia that is like very um and i know people that liked it i know people that really enjoyed it and they found it a super fun read and i think if that's all you're going into it for, you just want a super sort of fun read that's kind of like, you know, a little bit hee hee, you know, oh, this is based <laughs> on that article. Then yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. I just felt like it could have done more. And also, I really just like want to know if Edith Zimmerman actually <laughs> slept with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh just kidding <laughs> just kidding i don't actually want to know that the real people i don't want to know but if you know you could dm us <laughs> i mean we'll never i think i think too after that article came out 
Chris Evans became extremely protective over his public image and you would never, ever get that level of access from him ever again. No, he is, he is way too private. Like he's, I think that is what shocked me so much about the article. I'm not going to lie is because he is a very private person in, in a lot of ways. I think at the time he had, I think he had just signed on to Captain America. He was really young. I think he was, was, of course, maybe he didn't realize what the response would be. And to be honest, the way fandom is now versus the way fandom is 10 years ago. I mean, social media has like Instagram. I did not exist when that article came out. No, there's, there, there was a level of, privacy still for celebrities mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so i think yeah i think it just sort of changed <laughs> it changed mm-hmm. everything and there are still celebrities who will utilize that kind of editorial to sort of help get them out of a bind like tom hiddleston did that one article with taffy broadister Ackner, who is an incredible journalist she did an art uh, an article with tom hiddleston right after the taylor swift t-shirt gate Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely Uh in one of those sort of irreverent, you know, vibes to sort of help get him out of that (laughs) controversy. Right. So they have a time and place, that's for sure. Right, right, right. It was uh, making, it's like reputation uh, building. It's like he's just begging, you know, people to be like, yeah, I didn't, I'm not hung up on Taylor Swift. I'm a real actor and lesbian and I'm great and... I make really good spaghetti bolognese. I mean, it was just... Oh, God. You know so what? That's funny. a pretty good one, too. Jenny, have you read that one? I have it open on my computer now. Good. You should read it. It's hilarious. Uh, why am I so behind the times on these things? Because you don't spend an inordinate amount of time on uh, celebrity gossip communities like your co-host does. Shout out to Oh No They Didn't. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, so where do we want to go from there? I mean, I think if we want to talk about cool, hot men. Yeah. We could talk about Hook, Line, and Sinker. True. Yes. Yes. We did enjoy that book by Tessa Bailey. Hook, Line, and Sinker is the second book in her I don't know what the name of the series is called, but it's the second book in a series. Uh, the first one is It Happened One Summer, which was based, the heroine was based off of Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. Yes. Tessa Bailey is another um, author who writes, I mean, clearly very fun, cheeky, yeah. spicy novels, but they definitely yes. have a very obvious inspiration um Jen yeah. and I both read her Christmas book that came out yeah ago. that was definitely inspired by Ted Lasso <laughs> what the who knows what uh time is because I don't even yeah I guess it was Christmas 2021 right yeah it must have it had to have been it had to have been yeah because it was Ted Lasso yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah Christmas 2021 yeah he definitely has like shades of Ted for sure. <laughs> this book is the main characters are Fox Thornton. Yes. And Hannah yeah. Bellinger. Yes. So Hannah is the younger sister um, of the 
heroine from the first book. It happened one summer. And Fox is the best friend of the hero from that book. So uh, it takes place, uh, like, I want to say not a year later, but like six months. Six, a good six to eight months later. Because they're not married yet, right? The couple from the first book. No, I don't think so. But they're like kind of like planning. Yeah. So or something like that. Um. So yeah. So it take and they, there was like in the first book there wasn't like it. They didn't super. There was no not huge hints that Fox and Hannah would be the second book, but. There was like a couple things here or there that you thought, hmm, maybe that is where I Tessa really liked is them in the first book. I liked their dynamic a lot. So I was excited when I found out that the second one was gonna be about them. Yeah, I liked their dynamic slightly more in the first book than I did in their own book. Yeah, um, I think that's fair, actually. I, I think I feel similarly. I don't know why. Like don't get me wrong, I really liked Hannah. I thought Hannah was a great character in the first book and in the second book. Like, I really, I think, you know, she's in a job that she's she doesn't really want to do, but she's trying to do it. So she kind of makes a name for herself without using her stepdad's kind of clout in Hollywood. And so, she, you know, she's trying to do this. And, and she's also, I don't know, I just she just seems like she had more substance whereas I just felt Fox was kind of like one-dimensional Fox I mean, you know it's 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 tough right coming up with all of these characters and you've got their yeah kind of like of outward conflict their inner conflict the mm-hmm. issue between the main couple like you have all these things to think of but when Fox's biggest conflict is his struggle with his sort of self-perception, that is compelling, I think. But yeah. it felt like the book sort of whittled it down to Fox was too hot to function. Right. It was like he was too hot to be taken seriously. Which, sure. What? Sure. Is that a thing? I don't... I guess. You know, he sort of plays into the fuckboy Lothario. Like, he, he yeah. makes himself come across Fair. that way. And sure. Yeah. That's, that's fine. He is still fucking all those girls, though. <laughs> right. Like, he, I, like. He's still uh, thoroughly the- enjoying himself. No one is forcing him to. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he's definitely using it to his advantage. So, like, is it such a terrible thing? I don't know. It was weird. Um, But I did kind of like the fact that, you know, they do they do have this like cute sort of they have a really good friendship. And then, you know, they start having this flirtation and and it it is good. It's it is pretty steamy. And there is this one scene in this the dining room that is just so good. Yeah, I actually, Fox and Hannah's moments, their scenes together, their friendship Mm -hmm. that turns into, because it's very much like a friends to lovers um, story. I loved all of that. Yeah. It was when it sort of comes to the, 
dark moment and they can't be together and it's you know the reason was was like it was not i like it did not it was not sold for me no no it was not i think that there could have been something else that you know there was honestly plenty of room to work with right like he didn't really have a relationship with his dad he had a rough relationship with his mom like Mm -hmm. I think there was enough there to pivot his sort of conflict in a different direction. But instead, we sort of went to the everyone in town thinks he's just a a fuck boy. And he does nothing to change their minds. He just fucks more girls. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, more power to you, dude, if that's what you want to do. But then stop complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a little bit of weird. Your own making, my love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I we'll see. We, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, it was still enjoyable. Like I still enjoyed the book. It just, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as it happened one summer. Um, but yeah, it was, it was still enjoyable. But also exciting news for tessa it has been announced that it happened one summer is actually going to be picked up as a movie yes this is i mean i think we are starting to maybe inch into a little bit of a rom-com renaissance yeah there are hundreds of amazing romance books that they can adapt so i'm glad that we're sort of seeing that happen and i think this one has the potential to be really really funny yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it. I think the character, um, <clears throat> I can't remember her name, uh, but the, the character that's based on Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek, she is, she will be fun to yes. see. She will be really fun to see um, on the big screen. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And like amazing, amazing for Tessa. Like that's a huge, that's a huge deal. So like super happy for her. Now. Yes. I've been reading a couple of books. I actually bought this one from Jenny's bookstore. <laughs> Yay. And it is called. So this one is called The Stand-In by Lily Chu. And it was like super hyped up and recommended, which is why I bought it. <laughs> and you guys, it was really fun. I, it was also, it's like, sometimes you pick up a romance book and it's light and fluffy and, mm-hmm. like, there's conflict and there's, you know, uh, some rougher stuff. But, like, it doesn't really get too intense. The mm-hmm. stand-in um, definitely pulls on some more heavier conflict. Yeah. It's about a woman named Gracie Reed. She is an only child of a single mother. Uh, Her father died a few years ago. Her mom is in a nursing home because she's suffering from uh, dementia. And she's really trying to do it all. She's trying to keep her job, take care of her mom, afford all of it. It's one of the few romances that's set in Canada, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. It's set in Toronto? Yeah. Or, yeah, awesome. And, And I think it's actually quite... I've only spent about five minutes in Toronto compared to you, but it does seem like a a nice little love letter to the city. That's awesome. The thing with Gracie is that she's dealing with sexual harassment at work. And it it is really weighing heavily on her, but she's sort of stuck because she can't find a new job and she can't afford to quit her old one. And so something really crazy happens. 
She's at her local coffee place when a paparazzi takes her photo. And she's like, oh, that's weird. I'm a nobody. Yeah. Well, it turns out that there are some incredibly famous Chinese stars in Toronto doing a play. And Gracie looks exactly like one of them. (gasps) And Wei Fang Li asks her to be her stand-in so that while she's rehearsing and working on her play, Gracie will go to premieres and parties and sort of like do the social circuit so that Wei can relax and like finally take a break because this woman works really, really hard. This whole kind of crazy uh, agreement takes place and Sam, who is the hero of the book, immediately thinks that Gracie's like just doing it for the money and that she's greedy and she just wants to be famous. It's very much a like enemies to lovers, well, or enemies to friends to lovers sort of mm, okay. trajectory. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. very protective of why uh, of way, and he wants to make sure that his friend is being taken care of. And so there's a lot of good tension there. But it's definitely a heavier book. I think like there are some really sweet, light moments, and Gracie's a really fun um, main character. But yeah, definitely kind of a darker tone, which you know, I liked I a lot. Of, I kind of like that because it's like not everything has to be a rom-com all the time, you yeah. know, which is which is great. Like I I feel like we need and I was just as we were talking about you were saying, you know, there's there's kind of like this renaissance of rom-com movies like my kingdom for a romantic drama. Ugh. Like I, I would love that so much. Like I just want a book that is like or a movie that is like it's intense. It's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of emotion and, and it still has a happily ever after. Like I would just love that. So much. yeah, this is why I was so salty when I saw the preview for the new persuasion adaptation on Netflix, because they take what is probably one of Austin's like. Sadder. Best. Yes. Yes. No, I, I think I actually agree. I really, really like persuasion. But you're right. You're right. Sadder. But persuasion yes. is it definitely is, a heavier, is. more melancholy story. And it the totally adaptation is. makes it look like flea bag, but without the complex trauma attached to it. Oh, I've <laughs> taken to calling it persuasion the office. <laughs> So yeah, I just I it, will pay someone a lot of money to take the whole trailer, speed it up and put it to the office <laughs> intro music. I just I, I I think. Yeah, it's so hard, right? Because we've been we've probably spent 40 weeks talking about how much we miss romantic comedies, but we also do miss romantic dramas. I want the yearning. Yeah. Yes. I want yes. The restlessness and the wistfulness and the. The, just, the hand clench. Where yes. is the hand clench? I don't want to see Dakota Johnson spilling jam on herself and looking at the camera with a wink. I don't want that. That's not Anne to me. But Yeah, no. Anne is very... Anne is so not like what we saw in anything <laughs> in the trailer. I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, we're also just really salty and bitter that we're not getting the Sarah Snook persuasion. So, you know what, guys? We talk about perfect casting and we will never get it. (sighs) I know. But you know what? We digress. The Stand (laughs) In by Lily Chu is a beautiful book. 
Um, when we talk about spiciness levels, there is none. It is like half a pepper. So just, you know, if you're into closed door romance, this is for you. If you're yeah, looking if for you're... more open romance, open door romance, this is not. But it's still good. Yes. So, you know. It's probably a really good romance book for people who are like dipping their toe into romance. If they haven't read a lot of romance in the past, it's probably... I think a great starter book because it does have some of the more heaviness that maybe literary fiction tends to have and but it does have a happily ever after it sure does and it's actually a really beautiful beautiful happily ever after like I was really satisfied by the end of this book so I highly highly recommend it awesome uh, one of the books that I finished uh, reading last week, and it actually comes out today, is Thank You Next by Andy J. Christopher. I am so excited. She is our resident Chris Evans aficionado. And Thank You Next might actually be my favorite Andy J. Christopher book. Uh. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is so great. It is so, so, so good. There is just something, and this speaks purely to like some deep-seated part of my personality where the hero of this book is constantly feeding the heroine. And like that for me was like one of the best moments in the book. He is constantly feeding her um, because he is a chef. Okay. He is a chef and he, and she is a divorce attorney. And they go on this sort of journey, um, sort of not really like he, they don't start out to like to go on this journey together, but she's trying to figure out why she is never the one. She's always the one that her exes date before they get married to someone else. Um, and so she's trying, yeah. So she's trying to figure out what like she's trying to interview all of her exes to figure out why this is and along the way um she so sorry her name is alex by the way and along the way she ends up sort of having these situations where she is forced to be with will who is the son of one of her grandmother's husbands So her grandmother had like multiple husbands and one of them she married for like a very short amount of time, but he had a teenage son who was the same age as Alex or just about the same age as Alex. And so they kind of like, they never really got along with each other, but they sort of were forced to be together when they were growing up. And so their lives are kind of like always entwined. Like, you know, Will has like a real affection for her grandmother because you know, she she treated him very well, even when, you know, she left his father, like she always treated him really well. And he always, you know, he still comes to like, take care of like help her and, you know, take care of her and stuff. And so they're always together, but they don't really get along. But there's also this sort of like, second chance romance element to it. And it's just, oh, it's just so good. It's just such a good book. I'm just, really, really excited. I'm. I think I'm gonna buy it like this week. Book. Maybe I'll buy it from you. <laughs> okay, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it is for sale right now in the bookstore. 
But yeah, it's very exciting. I really, really liked it. Andy does such a great job. And if you're listening to this on Thursday, on Friday afternoon, I will be chatting with Andy uh, on the bookstore's Instagram account on Instagram Live at 4 p.m. Eastern. So it's so exciting. Yeah. So it's very exciting. She gets to talk about her new release and and we're just going to talk about all things. I mean, we'll probably talk about Chris Evans. I was going to say, I think you should ask her for her thoughts and feelings (laughs) on his um, style journey that he's taken recently. Yes, Um, that is definitely something that I will be asking her about. I feel like that's pretty essential. Yes, yes. Chris Evans style journey. I have made the notes. Yeah, so I highly recommend it. Thank you next by Andy J. Christopher. Definitely you should read it. And I think that leaves us with the spiciest of them all. Right. Yes. And you're not quite finished, so we're not, not. going to get too deep into it. Yeah. I'm 12. Uh <laughs> But the one book that I genuinely really loved that I, you know, I think this series has been kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Wicked Beauty by Katie Roberts. And yes. this is the story love of Helen of Troy, Achilles, yes. and Patroclus. Yep. And, <sighs> you know, I don't tend to read these like sort of poly relationship books because I tend to find Mm -hmm. that one of the three is always sort of like being shafted a little bit but yeah that's not happening here folks I think there's no because Katie obsession happening (laughs) Katie does such a great job of making sure that that doesn't happen because she's just so freaking talented yeah and prolific (laughs) And, and Pearl of so, and we love her for it. Yeah. Because it keeps us in books constantly. Constantly. I think the whole sort of Dark Olympus or what I can't remember the name of. Is that what Dark Olympus is? I think it's Dark series? Olympus. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Dark Olympus series. I think she's done such an amazing world building job. Like it's so, it's, there's so much and like. If you haven't read the first one, I feel like it's very hard to follow along. So you can't really start like on book three. Yeah, I don't really find these to be standalone because the world building is so complex. And and kind of linear in a in the sense yes. that like you need to know what is happening before. However, I feel like it's a great journey to be on and none of them are disappointing. Uh, there's been three so far, some neon gods is a Hades and Persephone retelling. And then Electric Idol is Psyche and Eros. Yes. And to to be completely honest, Neon Gods, 10 out of 10. Wicked Beauty, 10 out of 10. Electric Idol, not my favorite. But yeah. Yeah, there wasn't... There wasn't as much action, I think. Yeah. In Electric Idol, there's a lot more dialogue. Um, and I think not that it was bad per se, but I think it I think there was a little part in the middle that kind of maybe dragged a little bit more than what we were used to from reading Neon Gods. Um, and I think it's kind of like I think that was kind of like 
whether it was a conscious choice or not, it's definitely been resolved in this third book. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, Electric Idol is a little too similar to Neon Gods in terms of dynamics and tropes and the way it moves through the universe. But Wicked Beauty kind of opens up the world of Olympus in a really interesting way. And, you know, a love story is a love story, but that world building is so important. And so this one I really devoured and I loved. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. apparently she's going to write 10 books in the series. And I don't know what that means for my brain. Yeah. So I was just looking but... <laughs> to see, I was just looking on her website to see what have we got here. So we've got, okay, so Radiant Sin is book number four. Then we've got book number five, book six, and book seven, but they don't have titles yet and doesn't say like what they're about. Um, but Radiant Sin is going to be Apollo and Cassandra, and it comes out February 7th, 2023. Which we only see about five seconds of them in this third book. So we don't have a ton of... like. We see a lot more of Helen in mm-hmm. book two. So it kind yeah, of absolutely. seems like it makes sense. So book mm-hmm. four being Apollo and Cassandra. Um, I'm into it. Uh, I'm curious to see how it goes. But um, yeah. yeah, we don't on see her... much of them in any of the other books. No, uh, but on her website does say that the trope for this book is fake dating. Do you want me to read the synopsis? Yeah, tell me. Okay. <clears throat> As a disgraced member of a fallen house, Cassandra... Kataki, I think, has been firsthand has seen firsthand what comes from trusting the venomous 13. But when the maddeningly gorgeous and kind Apollo asks her to go undercover as his plus one at a week-long party hosted by a dangerous new power player, Cassandra reluctantly agrees to have his back. On one condition, when it's all over and Apollo has the ammunition he needs to protect Olympus, she and her sister will be allowed to leave for good. Apollo may be the city's official spy master, but it's his ability to inspire others that keeps him at the top. Despite what the rest of the of Olympus says, there's no one he trusts more than Cassandra. Yet even as their fake relationship takes a wicked turn for the for the scaldingly hot, a very real danger surfaces, threatening not only Cassandra and Apollo, but the very heart of Olympus itself. Yes. Book three definitely sort of sets up some brewing conflict. So exciting to see where she goes with it i mean i think it's not easy to adopt this sort of chaos of greek mythology in a modern way while still sort of holding true to the power dynamics among all of the gods and goddesses um so yeah i more power to her katie roberts I know. I mean, I have been obsessed with Greek gods and Greek goddesses since I was, like, in high school. So, like, this is, like, hitting a very specific part of my brain. (laughs) Yeah. I am loving it. Amazing. Well, Daria, is there anything else that you can't stop thinking about? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I guess I'm trying to look at my to-be-read list and figure out what's coming next. But... Do you have anything? Thank you. Next clearly is is yeah. on is on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, I'm not really sure. I have a few that are kind of sitting there, but I'm not. I don't know. Sometimes you just buy things to buy things, and then a mm-hmm. week later, you're like, Yeah, yeah. 
Is any of this good? Um, but it's fine because it's summertime and, you know. I know. I'll end up reading something by the pool. But right now, honestly, uh, I mean, I'm still watching Drag Race All-Stars, which is getting better and better every single week. Those girls are iconic. <laughs> and The Boys, season three, just dropped. Oh, yes. yes. So I am watching that. And it is, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> That is what I've heard. It is. I've heard it's a lot. So much <clears throat> happens. So much happens. And all of it is disgusting. <laughs> like, oh. the, the thing with the show is that, like, and I'm going to say this without trying to spoil anything, but the buildup, like, things just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse every episode. Oh, and you okay. like genuinely don't know how they're going to fix it. Like, mm-hmm. I have no idea how the finale of this season is going to come to some sort of interesting conclusion. How many episodes is it so far? Uh, there's been four so far. So Amazon dropped three at once. Interesting. And then they've been doing one episode a week since then. So right now... Yeah, the next episode is coming out the 17th. And I'm not really sure how many are there going to be all together. I think maybe 10? Hmm. 10. Have you seen Jensen Ackles yet? Oh, have I? I've seen lots oh. of Jensen Ackles in this uh, ah. show thus far. Okay. Any uh, specific? There's going to be oh. eight episodes, so we have okay. four more. Okay. Um, I'm not going to tell you a damn thing. Damn it. Because I, I want you to experience this for the first time. But I will I say that the thing that the the boys does really well is spoof mm-hmm. other stuff. And okay. so there's a really big winter soldier Ooh, Captain okay. America kind of vibe to Jensen Ackles. Yeah, yeah. I character. knew that. I knew I knew that kind of he was like a he was like a sort of like kind of like Captain America, but not so. Wholesome. It's kind of like, yeah, it's it's he's a merger of Steve Rogers and uh, Bucky Barnes, I would say. Okay, 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 cool, yeah. cool, cool. But also uh, in the boys' universe, everybody's sort of a low key dick, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look, uh, have you met Dean Winchester? <laughs> <laughs> but also, does it feel like Dean Winchester playing no Captain America? No. Okay, cool. I like. I think that, that's I doing like a that. really good job. Awesome. Okay, that's yeah. very exciting for me because you know that was one of my fears um, well, that it was I just going to feel like Dean Winchester. You play the same character for twenty years; it's probably hard to break out of it. But he right. he's doing a good job of not feeling like he's gonna, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, the vampire. So. Right, exactly. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> awesome. What about you? I have like a very long TBR list that comes from owning a bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's just like, oh, I want to read this one. Oh, I want to read this one. Oh, I want to read this one. Uh, but the what the book that I'm going to read next after I finish Wicked Beauty is called How to Fake It in Hollywood by Ava Wilder. And it is a fake dating um, 
reputation rebuilding kind of trope and i'm looking forward to it i've heard lots of great things so that is the one i am gonna read next i think yeah i have been seeing that cover all over the internet i am looking at it right now actually yeah i I love that add it to my list because i've heard some really good things so i'm very i'm looking forward to it for sure um and then i have a bunch of like advanced reader copies of things that i have to get through including the new sally thorne which is coming out in september which is angelica frankenstein makes her match i think it's called well that's Um, a hardy title yeah it's about victor frankenstein's sister and it's a historical rom-com well that sounds fun I know. Wow, what and a huge departure from... I know. It is Sally's um, pandemic book, is how she told me. Uh, so I was in a book club with her. She she came to a book club that I'm part of, and she was... It was like a Zoom book club, and she was telling us all about it and how she was like, yeah, I just like decided in the middle of the pandemic to write this totally ridiculous historical rom-com, and she's like, and I gave it to my publisher, and I was like, eh? Uh, and they loved it so that's kind of what she how she told it to us uh in the book club and so yeah i'm really excited to read that and then um yeah there's some other um advanced reader copies that have come out um from a couple of other things that i want to i want to read so yeah i have like i have a very big list of books to read this summer but yeah that's great because reading books is like one of my favorite things yeah (laughs) Which means we will probably be doing another one of these summer reading yeah. uh, episodes, maybe a best of summer intro to fall kind of vibe. Yeah, for sure. Because if there's one thing that Jenny and I do, it's read books on our Kindle apps at three o'clock in the morning in bed. <laughs> it's true. And not watch any of the movies we're supposed to for our podcast. <laughs> That you can count on, folks. Yeah, listen, we are not going to make any promises about next week. Who knows? But just come back because you love us and we're going to entertain you uh, anyway, no matter what. Exactly. Okay, listener. If you would like to listen to previous episodes of the podcast, you can find them at www.hotelvicarious.com. You can email us all your theories on Eva Zimmerman and Chris Evans, hotelvicarious at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on socials at Hotel Vicarious on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you so much for checking in to Hotel Vicarious, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. 